Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We are to be his disciples. Learning the Word, learning to apply the Word, going to the sticky, spending time with Jesus, exercise and discipline. It comes from moving that information in our head to transformation because we obey the Word of God. When that happens, it will be very evident that you're a growing disciple. Never a perfect disciple, none of us, but a growing disciple because we're going to look and think and minister and share and be just like Jesus. That's the disciple we should emulate. Most Christians in America have grown up with the idea that all they have to do to be right with God is to do something like pray the sinner's prayer and then it's all good. But they might be frustrated because they don't see any real change in their lives. The issues that bothered them prior to salvation haven't gone away. In fact, they might be worse. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that this is because they haven't really done what Jesus told them to do. You'll discover that being a Christ follower is more than just saying words. There are actions and activities that you're to do as well. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of John chapter 8 as he continues his message, The Sticky Lab. You have to be in the Word on a routine basis. If you're not in the Word, if you're not opening the Word at home, not here, if you're not opening the Word at home and taking quiet time to go and here's what it says and then apply what you learned this week, the world will squeeze you into its mold. There's a million distractions out there for all of us. Now, there's no way to get sticky if you're not in the Word of God. That's a huge problem with Christians. The only time they're really in the Word, at best, is in church. Then the rest of the six days, the word isn't part of us. So that's why our challenge uh, to you uh, this weekend. Now, I just got back from Israel, and there's a place in Israel that you can go. It's called the Temple Mount. It's where the Jewish temples were in the old days. Today, the Muslims occupy it. When you go up there to take a tour, there's two mosques up there. You cannot take a Bible. They forbid you. They will take it away from you or send you back down. But when you go up, there's a picture that I want to challenge you with. Here's the picture. What you see are many circles of Muslims. The ones you see here are simply the women, but there's many men. And they're there every morning. And what do you think they're studying? They have a book that they're studying. What do you think it is? It's the Quran. It's open. 
They're studying it. They're applying it. And because they're sticky, latest report in the United States, the fastest growing religion in the United States, Islam. Christianity, way below that. Now, why is that? They have learned to get sticky. They have learned to apply it. They're winning, discipling, and they're going everywhere in our country and around the world. While we sit and 5% of us will even open the word of God. And then we say, why is our world becoming like this? Well, that's because we have the truth, Satan knows it, and we just simply get distracted. We get lazy, all of us. Our goal here is to get you sticky, to wake you up and understand the pastors can teach, but you have to apply. I can't apply for you. I can't exercise for you. I have to exercise for myself. You know that sometimes a pastor doesn't even want to teach? We're human, but I definitely want to teach today. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, and I want you to see Jesus' disciples that really for three years didn't get it. When Jesus says, follow me, what he really means is, follow me and I'll make you like me. Well, it didn't really happen initially with the disciples. Actually, it took until Pentecost for them to begin to get it. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 7. Background, Peter and John had just healed a man. He had been lame his whole life. And because of that, they were thrown into jail by the Jewish religious leaders. And here comes the question. They had Peter and John brought before them, and they began to question them. By what power... Or what name did you do this? In other words, how did this man who was lame get healed? Look how Peter responds in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple, and are asked how he was healed... And then Peter begins, notice what he says, then know this, here's your answer, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Peter begins, and he basically says, the answer to your question is Jesus. The reason for a changed life is Jesus. The reason for any eternally changed life is Jesus. There's no other name you're going to see. There's power in that name. So what Peter does, he says, as he goes through this, notice, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead, this man stands before you. He doesn't just say, well, the answer is Jesus. Oh, by the way, you crucified him. But he's been raised from the dead. This is pretty bold. Where'd that boldness come from? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 11. He is the stone you builders rejected. He came to be the foundation, 
of the Jewish religion and the Christian religion, but you rejected him. But he now has become the capstone. And look at this verse. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Peter says, not only did Jesus heal this man, but there's no way for you and your dead religion to ever find life. There's only one name. His name is Jesus. There's no name under heaven. Salvation, forgiveness of your sins, will not come from sacrifice. It came from the sacrifice of Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. Is this the same Peter who had denied the Lord three times 50 days earlier? Is this the same Peter? It's the same Peter. What happened? It clicked. The light came on. He got it. And he boldly began to share what he knew had happened in his life. So much so that Peter had learned his lesson. You know, we all fail. Isn't it good to finally learn the lesson? But you know, it's a lot better. Someone has said this. We can't live long enough to learn all the lessons we need to learn in life from our own failures. We want to learn from other people's failures. That's wisdom. So not only did Peter learn from his lesson, but he'd been listening to Jesus. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit was promised to do is to bring back to our memory the things that Jesus teaches. When you're in the Word, the Holy Spirit will bring those verses back to you. Colossians says the Word should dwell in us richly, should be in us richly so that they're available. Well, where did Peter get this salvation is found in no one else? Where did he come up with that? One day he heard Jesus say this. Jesus answered, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You might be here then. You're looking for a change in your life. It will not come from Calvary Chapel. It won't come from me. It won't come from any religion. It won't come from you reading a book. The change in your life comes from a person. His name's Jesus. He's the only one that can forgive you of your sins and give you a brand new start. You see, the world is searching for realness, for some kind of change, some purpose and meaning in their life. Well, when Peter makes this response, now remember, he just got out of jail. Look at the responses from the Jewish religious leaders. Look at verse 13. And when they saw the courage of Peter and John, and they realized they were unschooled, doesn't mean they were ignorant. It means that they weren't trained in religious school. They were ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note, if you've never underlined this in your Bible, do it. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. What does a disciple look like? It's a very, very complicated answer. Jesus. What should you and I look like? Jesus. They took note that these were men who were disciples of who? Tell me. Jesus. What should you look like? What should I? A disciple? Jesus. Not Muhammad. Not a church. Not a human. Jesus. Well, what did they see in them? that reminded them of Jesus. I've listed six. You don't need to write them. Listen. They had the character of Jesus. They had the boldness 
of Jesus. They knew the scripture like Jesus. They were filled with the spirit like Jesus. They had just ministered a healing through the power of the spirit just like Jesus. They shared the truth of salvation just like Jesus. They were sticky. They were obeying the word that they were taught. What's another sign that they were a disciple of Jesus? Where were they? In the marketplace of life. They weren't in a church environment. They were in the marketplace of life where they let their light shine. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the earth. That's exactly what was happening. Here's two men that had spent three years. They were up, they were down. They were up and they were down. But now they were getting it. They were applying these truths. Jesus' truths were sticky and it showed because it had become part of them. Here's what I want you to write today. Christ followers are growing disciples. We are to be the character. We're to act those actions that look like Jesus. We're to minister. We're to be touching, hurting people's lives, kind, being around them. We're to think. We're not to have the mind of the world. We're to have the mind of Christ. Romans 12 tells us that mind comes through transforming our mind, being renewed in the Word of God. And then that third part of the when disciples send, that third part is to go and share the gospel. Lost people matter to Jesus. We are to be his disciples, learning the Word, learning to apply the Word, going to the sticky, spending time with Jesus, exercise and discipline. It comes from moving that information in our head to transformation because we obey the Word of God. When that happens, it will be very evident that you're a growing disciple. Never a perfect disciple, none of us, but a growing disciple because we're going to look and think and minister and share and be just like Jesus. That's the disciple we should emulate. How does it come? Applying the Word of God. This is a sticky lab. It doesn't come from the textbook. It comes from getting in the lab. You're getting it. Now, I know some of you are saying right now, Pastor Mark, it would have been a lot easier if I would have been a disciple at the time Jesus was on the earth. I could have just simply followed him, and I wouldn't need you for crying out loud, and he'd just teach me how to do this thing. Well, to be honest, I'd like to have been there too. But would it have been easier? No, it's actually way easier today. What do you mean? Turn to John 14, if you will. And let's just unwrap this truth. Pastor Mark, are you kidding me that it's easier today for us to be a disciple of Christ than it was for the actual disciples? I believe so. And I think I can show you why. John 14, verse 15. Jesus says this. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another counselor, some of your translations say comforter, to be with you, how long? Forever. See, Jesus was leaving. He had just told the disciples he's going back to heaven. 
in ministry, he was here for three years and he's gone. But he says, I'm not leaving you alone. God's going to send somebody in my place. And look what he says. Another counselor to be with you forever. And one of his titles, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him because it's a spiritual thing. But you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. So Jesus says to his disciples, yes, I'm leaving, but I want to give you some good news. There's another member of the Trinity coming to take my place. The Holy Spirit would be just like Jesus. Notice another that word in the original language means another of the exact same kind. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit would come, and he would be the one that at salvation would take up residence in every brand new believer. So the moment you become a Christian, God the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. And then that Holy Spirit not only resides in you, but eventually will empower you, overflow you, enable you to be guided, empowered 24-7, no matter where you are or what you face. Now think about that. Look at verse 26. What will that counselor do in your life and my life? But the counselor, the Holy Spirit whom my Father will send in my name, Will, what's the next word? Tell me. Teach. Who's the real teacher? The spirit of truth is the real teacher. Every pastor is just the mouthpiece for God. He will teach you how many things? All things. And will remind you of everything that I've said. Look at verse 13 of chapter 16. What else will the Holy Spirit do? But when he, the spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. So what do I want you to write? You see it. Every Christ follower, whether a brand new believer or a carnal believer or a disciple, has God, the Holy Spirit, living in them. Now, Pastor Mark, why, why is that better? One day, Jesus went to Samaria. He had his disciples with him. Jews don't go through Samaria, but God told him to go there. So as he went there, he met a woman at the well. The disciples left Jesus, and they went into town to McDonald's to get some food. Now, let me ask you a question. When they went into town to get some food, was Jesus with them? Hello? No, he was not with them. He was back where? At the well. So if they needed wisdom and direction and comfort and strength and power and encouragement, could they get it in McDonald's? Why? Because Jesus wasn't with them. That's not true today. Every single place a Christian goes, God goes with them because he lives in us. That's way better. In a few days, we'll be scattered all over the world. Business, missions, a million things, all over the county. Where's the Holy Spirit? Where's God? In you, with you, empowering you, directing you, guiding you, encouraging you. Now, some of you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's incredible. I love it. Will the Holy Spirit exercise for me? <laughs> Let me hear your answer. No. And No, he won't exercise for you. 
Well, then I can't do this. Yes, you can. I want you to see the last verse. Paul tells us this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. What pleases him? Nothing really but being a disciple. He's not pleased with a new convert. He's not pleased with a carnal believer. He's only pleased with those people that are growing to become more like him. Because his heart is for the world. And that when disciples sin, when that breaks down, that stops the whole purpose that Jesus came here. To seek and save the lost. Satan loves it. God is unhappy. We have the privilege to get sticky for God. And I just want to challenge you today from my heart at the end. This is not just a teaching. Pastor Mark, wow, great teaching, babe. We need to be transformed as a church. Our community needs Jesus Christ. You're the ones that do it. You have God in you. He's there for a reason. We need to get sticky for God. Get a friend with you. Head off to a coffee shop, Starbucks, McDonald's. Get there. Be with people. Now, I just got back from Israel, and I, of course, don't know what's going to happen. But the whole talk in Israel is when they may have to bomb Iran. Now, guys, if that happens, our world will never be the same, ever. You think 9-11 was a change? See, the biblical prophecy of end times is quickly coming to a close. Oh, Pastor Mark, listen to me. This is not to scare you, but it is a wake-up call. We need to be about our Father's business. I implore you from the bottom of my heart. My desire is to see you become sticky, to become real. And let's quit sitting next to the exercise bike. And let's let God change your heart and my heart. Routine, continuous, growing. Let's not just come every week and sit and listen to me teach. I can't change you, but God is at work in you. He can, he will. It's his desire. And from this day on, let's be a different church by being different people who have a heart for God and a heart for our world. Let's look and act and think and be and minister like Jesus. Let's get sticky together. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. During this unusual time in our world's history, we want to reassure you of your Creator's love for you. God is still on the throne and is fully in control of your life and of what's happening in the world around you. We also want to let you know that Calvary Chapel Melbourne is continuing to offer church every Saturday evening and Sunday morning, and you're invited to join us. Though we can't be physically present with one another, we do still want to connect with you. Join Pastor Mark this weekend on Facebook, YouTube, Roku, 
and at calvaryccm.com forward slash live. Services will begin streaming at 6 p.m. on Saturday and 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sunday. You can find out more at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. We look forward to worshiping with you virtually and hopefully soon in person. If you'd like to explore more teachings from Pastor Mark in this series right now, you'll also find them online, along with more information about the church and this ministry. Would you do us a favor? Would you be praying for Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne staff during this time? We appreciate you lifting us up to the Lord. Please pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ across the nation too. This is a great way to support one another when we can't be in each other's company. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Mark next time to continue studying through the powerful Word of God right here on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.